da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Happy 300, everybody. Happy, happy times here on the Mad About Movies podcast. <laughs> How's it going there, eh? How we, how we make it this far, eh? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> good time to let everybody know we're Canadian. Good. This is the third time we have celebrated the 100 episode milestone the next hundred episode milestone and i gotta say i can't believe we made it this far we almost have a solid year of episodes like you can listen to a a different episode every single day and never that's what i do yeah i I just start my day mad about movies and i finish the day with mad about movies and i never stop listening it's good we we just start the next day and whenever i'm done with the whole run i start over just like the office this is this has yeah. been amazing. And, uh, I mean, we started this thing four years ago and haven't really taken a week off ever. They told us we couldn't. They told us we'd never make it. They told us like, we couldn't do it. They told us. Um, been big underdogs from the beginning. And, started uh, from the bottom, now we're here. Look where we're at now. I yeah. always hated that. that. Haters. <laughs> like when, uh, you know, the NBA, the NBA draft happens or the NFL draft, and it's just like, man... Everyone doubted me, man. No one yeah. said I could make it. Like no yeah. one's ever said that. You were the best player on your high school team. <laughs> you're clearly the best player on your college yeah. team, and now you're the, the first round pick in the yeah. freaking NBA. No LeBron one has doubted you ever. <laughs> yeah, LeBron is the king of that, man. He's like, no one ever thought a kid from Akron could ever. Dude, you were on the cover of Sports Illustrated when you were in the sixth grade. <laughs> Everyone thought you were gonna yeah. make it. Just chill. With it. <laughs> Side rant over. All right. <laughs> JJ Barea can do that rant. Yeah, you don't yeah get he's, he's right. good to go on that. Right. Yogi, Yogi Ferrell, yeah. you get a shot at it. But I that's it. Now we have Yogi Ferrell's phone number. I should text him and celebrate. Get him on the show. Get him on the show. <laughs> well, um, here we are at uh, episode 300. And just kind of speaking, speaking uh, you know, on the state of the show. And I mean, it's been a long time. We've really enjoyed doing it. Oh, we don't this get to the last one though. This is it. <laughs> um, I feel like we have a lot ahead of us. You know, there's um, a lot of movies. Yourself. There's a lot of movies coming out that we're excited about, and I've just really liked seeing some, seeing the kind of movie cycle. You know, just seeing kind of how movies have changed over the past couple of years, and which ones have stuck out or stuck with us for the four years that we've we've done the show. Brian, if you were to say, what's like the number one or number two movies that we've reviewed that you're just like, man, I'll never forget that. And um, I'll always remember that we were doing the podcast when that came out because that was a a formative yeah. movie experience. I mean, it's it's cheat to say Star Wars because that's my favorite thing of all mm-hmm. time. So um now you see me was a particularly fun experience because that I really think that's the first time that we truly uh, panned the movie and really went after it. And you guys saw it before me, and so I went in with a certain level of expectation of what was to come. And so that was a lot of that was a lot of we we reviewed remember, Now You See Me like four times over the course of of a month and a half because you know I, you guys saw it, then I saw it, then we did a full episode. Then I think Jason came on a couple weeks yeah. later and he had just seen it. And so 
that was it's always been uh that's been fun for me and that's given us so much so many I remember laughs the now you years. see me episode two because i had flo- i was in boston and i flew down to i had one of those flights where like my flight was at 10 in the morning and i was flying to baltimore and i flew to baltimore and i got but there was a bunch of delays so i got it at like two in the afternoon and then it took forever to get my rental car and get out of the airport apparatus and i had nothing to do the rest of the afternoon and my meetings were all the next morning and i remember being so hungry i had not eaten all day and it was like it was like you know three or four o'clock so i went and got like 40 pounds of five guys and i ate all of it <laughs> i ate every bite of it and then i just sat in this like recliner in my hotel room with all the blinds drawn and just moaned in pain and then there and then kent was like you ready to record and i was like oh no i forgot <laughs> so i hooked my microphone into my computer and then just crapped on now you see me now you see me for like an hour and a half in full agony so that episode sticks out in my brain too because i i was i might have died yeah. i may have died that night yeah um but five guys if you want to sponsor us you're a fine product <laughs> we uh, everything in moderation as we like to say i'll like, never I, really, I think i got two hamburgers a hot dog and fries oh gosh gosh five guys is fine that's what I'll say about five guys. It's 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 fine. It's fine. Uh, no, but I, yeah, if you want to pay us to to promote you, we'll do that. Anyway, we uh, I, I'm gonna say La La Land. Freaking love that movie and great movie, you know. And the fact that we're doing the show only added to that, but it just made it that much better because of how many bad movies we've seen. And like, you see a movie that almost does every single thing right, and it's just like, wow, movies. Movies can be good, you know. <laughs> that's the, that's what that thing brought to me. It was like I just it's we're, we're not done here, you know. Uh, Hollywood's not dead. There, there's actually creative people out there still who have original, great ideas and are very talented and can bring good stories to the cinema still. And you know, sometimes like this week, uh, actually, when we reviewed Transformers, you just doubt that every single. <laughs> Week every single time you see a bad movie, you're like, are are we just losing? Is our movies done? Or you know, yeah. is Spielberg the like the only you know there there are only a handful of great directors left and no new up and comers and there's not a new generation of filmmakers really. You know, it's all they're all um sub you know I guess what forty years and older. All the great movies come from those other any up and coming like great directors and a guy like Chazelle who's like 30, all of 31 or whatever, made that film. And it was just like, man, there is a new generation out there where they're just now, just now starting to flourish, you know? And that, that just really excited me about the future of, of um, the good movies that we're going to be, be seeing. But that one stuck out. And of course, MacGruber stuck out because uh, I don't know if I would have ever sought it out on my own, if not for the show. And yeah, it's great. We all have Richard to thank for that one, for sure. <laughs> so right. that's, it's a big thing that he's brought to my life. I it's appreciate great. it, buddy. It's very good. Yeah. I like the episodes, Kent, where we, you know, we schedule these out at least three months in advance and just kind of plan because partly because it's professional and partly because I'm uh, hyper retentive about that sort of thing. And you so, have to have it planned out. Yeah. Yeah. I have to. I <laughs> you will go insane if you're like laying in your insane. bed and you don't know. Yeah. It's exactly right. We're gonna be but doing. I like, 
I think some of the most most fun episodes that we've done are the kind of spontaneous ones, whether for good or for bad. Like now you see me, we didn't plan on doing and it was just a, hey, we have to talk about this because it's so bad. And then the vice versa of that is like the way, way back or hell or high water or something like that, where one of us went to see it and just said, guys, this is so good. We've got to carve out space for an episode. I think those are fun because it just it brings like a little bit of um spontaneous process right? yeah yeah exactly like y'all did exactly. and then yeah. trolled me the whole time when i didn't think <laughs> it was bad yeah uh okay well tonight we are talking about our guilty pleasure movies uh movies that are considered either not uh ex- haven't aged well maybe maybe we you know people liked them at the time but over the years they've become a meme or a joke or nobody likes them. But, uh, it's, it's more than that. It can be, I guess the general term we use to describe guilty pleasure is something that's rotten on rotten tomatoes. That's kind of a scale. Like if yeah. it's rotten, we, we assume the consensus is that it was a bad movie either when it came out or since then, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the attitude has been not, that hasn't been the, the attitude hasn't been good. Uh, sure. they, they haven't aged well. They're not a fine wine, right? Uh, so most sure. of these movies have become, like I said, a meme or a joke over the years, or, or they were just bad when they came out. There's those two things that I kind of, yeah. when I made my list, I was thinking about. Sure, I struggled with this because, like, for in case you don't know, for our hundredth episode, we did our top ten favorite movies, and for two hundred, we did our top ten favorite TV shows. And I, I really like spent a lot of time trying to figure out what movies and what TV shows we're going to, we're going to make my list, but it was an easier place to start from for me. This was harder. Like I'm one of those people, I'm a pretty good writer and I was a pretty good creative writer growing up. But the worst thing that a teacher could say to me would just be like, you can write about anything. Just write two pages about anything. Yeah, I would just that's get worst. super nervous. And so I always have to have rules or criteria or, whatever to try to figure that out. And so that, that was the hardest part for me was establishing, okay, what exactly is a guilty pleasure and what is not? And so it took me a while to, to figure, to get that, that figured out. But I, I kind of went the same route. Can't I started with, I just had to have a baseline for this is where I'm going to start. And so I, I started with, uh, it has to be rotten on rotten tomatoes just to give me something to, to go from basically. And then I added kind of, internal criteria as I went to try to whittle it down to, to 10 movies or so. Okay. So that's basically it. These are movies that, you know, if we uh, admitted in public, maybe that we loved, um, yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah. And, and again, I don't love any of these movies, but these are movies that if they came on TNT, I would watch <laughs> it or whatever, you know, or they're sure. movies that I can appreciate certain things about, or that bring back good memories. Or movies that I just like. Uh, there's not one here that I'm like, yep, I'll go down on my grave. Like, like <laughs> knowing I love that movie. You know, these are just movies sure. that I'm not ashamed to say I enjoy from time sure. to time. I, and I kind of went the opposite route. I went for part of my criteria was if I was at a party, if I got invited to a party, which has never happened. But if I, if I, <laughs> if I was. Especially and, the ones I throw. Right. Total hypothetical. Yeah. Purposefully never invites me. Um, and sends me an invite telling me that I'm not invited. I feel like that's yeah. a little harsh, but regardless. Well, it's funny when I invite your Chewbacca figures, <laughs> but not you. Yeah, and then they went that one time. That really sucked. No, um, <laughs> it's, 
I kind of went with if I'm at a party and someone says this movie sucks, my response would be either okay, yeah, I understand why you what how why you feel that way, or I would be kind of ashamed to admit, you know what, I actually really like that movie. Not movies necessarily that I would be able to say you're wrong and here's why that's a good movie, you know, or something like that. But it had to be like some sort of some part of me had to be a little sheepish about. Um, enjoying this movie, or at least, at the very least, kind of acknowledge, yeah, it's not a particularly good movie, but I, I like it for some reason or not. Yeah, yeah, it's, for me, it's, I understand why you don't like it, but I sure. like it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I can, I can see it both ways. Okay. Where should we start? I guess number 10? I have some honorable mentions. Yeah, it was harder for me to, to rank the top 10. I actually came up with a lot more movies that I actually ranked. On even in my honorable mentions, I came up with probably twenty or twenty-five guilty pleasure type movies, and uh, whittled it down from there. Do y'all have any honorable mentions at all? Yeah, I do. I do yeah. not. But you guys go ahead. You don't, uh, Brian. Mention your first honorable mention. I guess. Um, I cut a couple movies that I think actually just based on that criteria of I would not argue if it made my list, then I wouldn't argue that it is a good movie. And so I cut a few that I, I think are, they are rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. And I feel like I would say to somebody, no, that's actually a good movie. And here's why I really like it or really, really good. So movies like no draft uh, Draft day, obviously. Um, it's amazing that that's still fresh. Empire records is a movie that I love. Um, and is 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Can't hardly wait to another one. I will come over there and fight you right now. Uh, so basically, all Ethan Embry movies. Yes, I'm a big fan. Of <laughs> I and his whole catalog, uh, Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> you know, the whole, he's actually yeah, he's in Sneaky Pete, which I recommended on one of our recent episodes. So that's oh, good. Yeah. Um, that's why I liked it. No, can't really wait. Another one I like, uh, Ghost in the Darkness with oh yeah Keaton and uh, and Val movie. Fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like that's ridiculous. Um, Kingdom of Heaven is a movie that I didn't realize that people thought were is really bad, um, and it's like thirty nine or thirty eight percent on on Rotten Tomatoes, and I, I think that's actually a, a very good movie. Um, and then the Alamo with uh, Billy Bob Thornton mm-hmm. and that crew. I've always said with that one, it's a good movie. You just there's no way anyone who's not from Texas could care or be invested in it, and so that's partly why it gets uh, a poor rating. I don't so think I've there's a handful with the Alamo. Is there a Blu-ray out of it? Because I don't there's think not. I've been able to find there's one. Not. Yeah, okay. Nope. Yeah. I'm not crazy then. I have a DVD nope. of it, and it's in like mm-hmm. wide. If it's in like full screen DVD, yeah. Yeah. I can't even find the widescreen version. But uh, that's another one that I'm like, man, I enjoy this. I didn't. I Same. didn't even know that it was. Uh, I knew it was. It didn't do well, but I didn't know that it was a, considered a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, to me, yeah. it's it's fine. It tells the story and decent right. acting, decent action scenes. You know. Um. Again, it, like like you said. Yeah. It just tells a niche story that mm. only I think only we can care about, honestly. But but like my official number, like my official honorable mention is not a movie that I can defend as a good movie at all. And I've mentioned it before uh, is Elizabeth Town, which is a movie that I really like that no one else likes. And so that's because it's terrible. Exactly, <laughs> so. It's totally fair. So you, anyone can say any of these are terrible and I can say, <laughs> yeah, so I don't I really don't I really don't care. Um, I have some honorable mentions too, Brian. Um, one of mine was Empire Records. Good. That it made the uh, made the the mentions. It was almost in the top ten. It's actually my number eleven. Nice. Uh, can't hardly wait. My number twelve too. Mm. It was in my Strong. honorable mentions. Look at us, just two peas um, in a pod. We are. Um, Spaceballs in my honorable mentions considered Ooh. rotten. 
But is it we're, rotten? Oh my! Yeah, we're doing wow. a a, a uh, review on it here in the next batch of throwbacks. But it's thirty years old at this point, and um, just freaking. I, I don't think I've laughed that hard in my life the first time I saw Spaceballs. Like right, you know, when I was a kid, and I I had seen Star Wars, but I just freaking loved Spaceballs when I first saw it, and I still think there it's Mel Brooks. I mean, there's some funny gags to this day in totally. it. I think one of the best gags in it is where they actually put in the tape of Spaceballs in the movie, <laughs> and they're like, "What's well, this? Is now now? You know that whole thing? I think that's so yes. good. There's so many funny little bits in it that it's to me. If you can make me laugh for four times in a movie, I will think it's a funny comedy, you know, because comedy is very subjective. And I understand if you're not a Star Wars fan that you would not like that one. But to me, it has enough funny moments in it and enough play on the Star Wars culture and things like that for me to think it's a an enjoyable movie. And I have one more, uh, Sucker Punch in the honorable okay. mention. Um, Zack Snyder's not great, but I can, I, I understand what he was going for with Sucker Punch. I understand why it didn't work to the masses or to literally anybody, but I know what he was going for. And I think it's extremely stylish and, and risky in a lot of ways. And John Hamm is playing this really dark character in it. And it's really kind of a dark movie, but you know, he like didn't, he really did not care with, with Sucker Punch. And so, uh, you know, I was going to put, a Zack Snyder movie in here. I was like looking at it. I was like, wow, Dawn of the Dead is fresh. I can't do that one. Wow. Watchmen is fresh. I can't do that one. I'll do sucker punch. I, I, I'll say that, uh, if that came on TV, I'll probably stop and, and watch it. I mean, there's some really, really creative, uh, sequences in it. So those are my honorable mentions. Richard, do you have any? No, I don't. I don't. I went 10 and down. Okay. Well, let's start with your number 10 then. My number 10. So I have a little kind of interesting algorithm. So mine are ranked 10 to 1, not in terms of my favorite, but it's an algorithm of kind of their Rotten Tomato critical score, their cool score, like if they've become kitschy and cool, kitschy and cool later mm-hmm. on in life, how much I like them. And like, so like, number, way too my number confusing one, of an al- algorithm. I'm my, already confused. My number one will be probably the most lame. Number 10, probably not as, as guilty as, say, number one. I like it. So, my number ten movie is uh is is Night Shift. I've seen wow. it a, a trillion times. Okay. Love Night Shift. My probably my favorite Michael Keaton movie, actually. I think it's perfect. Uh wouldn't change a thing about it, and I've probably seen it six hundred and fifty thousand times. So I'm I'm gonna say that's a guilty pleasure movie of mine. Are you talking about Night Shift or the Night Shift, the NBC <laughs> show that's the <laughs> crime show? The better uh, property, honestly. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's a cool one. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Ron Howard, Henry Wrinkler. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, great, great. Is it considered uh, rotten though? It's I don't not. know. It's just not considered. It's not considered cool. I yeah. Don't think. Okay. I didn't really go just by Rotten Tomatoes. I I went there just because there's things make like sure. Army of Darkness, which are probably rotten, but are kind of become cool later in life. Like, mm-hmm. so it's all you have to factor all this in. Yeah, fair. And it has Clint Howard, so that automatically, <laughs> automatically adds. good. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool one. I think it. I think Night Shift is cool. So that negates your list automatically. No, cool movie poster too. By the way, they need to do more hand drawn stuff. That's a good one, Brian. You have any comments on? Night Shift? I haven't seen. I think I've seen Night Shift one time. It's been a long, long time. So I, I 
I support Michael Keaton and Ron Howard and Henry Winkler. Those are all American treasures. So it's a good one. That's that's strong to quite strong, Richard. You're starting your yeah. list off on Thank a good you. note, Brian. Let's... But that's the least guilty. Everything else okay. will be more and more guilty. Okay, good. I like your algorithm. Then I take that back. All right, uh, Brian. What's your ten movie? My number ten is uh, features a probably the guiltiest pleasurist actor of all time. Um, it's got to be Nick Cage if it's not. I'm punching you. <laughs> and it, it, coincidentally, is not an actor that I particularly like. I'm not nearly as crazy about him as typically people seem to be, and I always feel a little bit on the outside. But this is one. This is one where I I got it, and it is a very bad movie. Much worse than its Rotten Tomato score would indicate, but it is also very fun. So I'm, I'm going number 10, Con Air, uh, 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. And, wow. Uh, not a particularly good movie, but uh, Southern Accents aside, I, uh, it's, if that's on TNT, I'm in. I'm always in. Yeah, strong. Man, Nick Cage had a run, didn't he? <laughs> Like, he had quite, quite a run. run. Yeah. There was like, man, this guy can be in Con Air and then he'll do adaptation three years later or whatever it is. And leaving win Las Vegas. And, yeah, leaving Las Vegas and be nominated for that. And I mean, raising Arizona. And I mean, he was like the most versatile actor in Hollywood Magic for like man, 10 years. Underrated. Magic oh, yeah. Man, underrated yeah, like, Nick Cage flick. I don't know if it's underrated. I think it's highly rated, but. It's just not what you don't think mean of. People, yeah, the people don't yeah. really think underappreciated, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I think so too. I own that one. That's a that's one that always makes me like want to clean my apartment immediately after <laughs> I I see it because of the, the neat freak nature of it. But that's strong. That's a strong one too. That might be considered a guilty pleasure if it wasn't more well received. Sure, um, but it's one that I that I like. Con Air. What made you choose Con Air of all the Nick Cage bad? Movies like Ghost Riders not in the top ten. Oh, Ghost, Ghost Riders terrible. I don't. I don't <laughs> want to watch Ghost Rider. I, you know, I had Gone in sixty seconds here at first. Yeah, and then an uh, and and then somebody. I don't own Con Air, which is weird because I own. I know I owned. I know I owned it on VHS and DVD at some point, and I just I don't anymore. So I kind of skipped over it in my planning, and then somebody mentioned Con Air. I was like, oh yeah, it's got to be Con Air, and then I looked up its Rotten Tomato score, and and uh, I That's felt like I. It. Yeah, I couldn't have two Nicolas Cage movies in this list because I wouldn't be able to look at myself in the mirror. But because uh, I built most of my empire on hating Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, and so I didn't want to go back on that. But, uh, but yeah, Conair's a Conair's a lot of fun. John Cusack fun for maybe the last time in his career as well. So that's that's good. The only time, maybe one of two times, that John Malkovich has been useful in a movie as well. So that's good. High fidelity. Was that before or after Con Air? You're right. After. High Fidelity was was after. Sure. That's okay. It. So he that's got it. three more three <laughs> more years. Yeah, that's where that's it ended. It. Yeah. Uh, okay. John Cusack. So that's me. How about you, man? What? Um, what's yours, Kent? My number ten is a movie that I saw as a youngster, and it freaked me out like big time whenever I first saw it, and I vividly remember being in the theater and watching it and just being like, "Wow!" Like scared, and then. It made me scared in a lot of ways. Um, number 10 on my list is The River Wild from 1994. Has anybody seen oh, this? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. With with American Treasure, Meryl Streep, and Kevin Bacon. Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. Did she get an Oscar nomination for that? <laughs> I think she I got a Golden Globe for this. Hold oh, on. did she really? I'm pretty sure she did. Um, uh, this movie, 
again, creeped me the, the freak out. And it, it kind of has not a twist, but I didn't know the plot or anything like that going in. You know, I was obviously very young, but the um, the fact that Kevin Bacon's like evil in the movie was freaky because I never thought of him as a mean guy or as a villain in any way, you know? Mm-hmm. And when he turns out to be like that, it's just like, it's just a weird turn, you know? And it creeped sure. me out because I used to go to Colorado all the time as a kid, you know, we used to do river rafting and things like that. And, um, it's a crazy movie. I mean, there's aren't a lot of movies about river rafting, but, um, (laughs) the fact, you know, like the fact that they did that and they add this kind of heist, not heist element, but like this kidnapping element to it. Mm, Yeah. A kidnapping was my biggest fear growing (laughs) up. All kids are like the worst propaganda. I think kidnapping was way bigger deal. And like before the Amber alert system was enacted, which is by the way, named after Amber Hagerman, who was a kid like that was in our neighborhood, basically that got kidnapped. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so that was always like my biggest fear. And then that combined like 12 things I actually liked and then made them just horrifically nightmarish for me. (laughs) Um, I understand that in every, think about this. These are just nineties movies that have kidnapping in them. Not just, or some, you know, not necessarily kid kidnapping, but kidnapping as a plot, right? Mm -hmm. Misery, Fargo, Buffalo 66, Ransom, Cry in the Wild, Silence of the Lambs, uh, Kiss the Girls from Dust Till Dawn, Excess Baggage, The Big Lebowski, Celtic Pride, (laughs) Suicide Kings, Hook, Breakdown, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, the best Dan Marino related kidnapping, A Perfect World. Baby's Day Out, The Rescuers Down Under, The Vanishing, Rush Hour, Air Force One, Payback, The Chase, Strangeland, Space Jam, Black and Blue, Every Mother's Worst Fear, and Vanish Without a Trace, and The Ref. So, like, literally every movie that came out had some sort of kidnapping subplot yeah. in it. Just kind of on, on that note, Hook was like, Peter Pan was my favorite thing ever as a kid so when hook came out i was like i was the live action peter pan oh my gosh and then within the first 10 minutes hook like kidnaps the kid out of his bed which is my biggest fear was that i'd be laying in bed and somebody would come through my window and take me away you know like elizabeth that melissa, Smart Etheridge, style. That melissa etheridge song scared you come to my Maybe it's because I heard that on repeat every night when I went to bed. Maybe that that creeped me out a little. His FM was weird back then. Um, But the River uh, Wild, Golden Globes, Golden Globe for uh, nomination for Meryl Streep and Kevin Bacon, and she also got a SAG Award nomination. Deservedly so, honestly. I mean that movie and a Blockbuster Entertainment Award. That's the big one. mm -hmm, Yeah, I mean it's always been one that I liked, but to learn that it wasn't. Like nobody likes that movie. It was shocking because I mm-hmm. I remember seeing it and being just terrified in in all the right ways. So the River Wild worth revisiting, and it's on my number ten guilty pleasure list. Nice. Okay, let's go with Richard's number nine. My number nine, slightly less, uh, slightly less guilty. Still not that guilty. Uh, film that. We've already talked about on the show a film that I love, a film that I've seen even more than I've seen Night Shift, Major League. Oh, yeah. Guilty pleasure. I wouldn't be guilty about it, though. I feel guilty in that it's probably one of my, like, six favorite movies ever. (laughs) (laughs) And I host a movie podcast, so that's where my guilt comes from. It's classic. We did an episode on it uh, last year's World Series when it was the Cubs against the the Cubs against the Indians. and. Holds up. 
Oh, really yeah. does. Still really. strong. I heard they were Did trying. I... Charlie Sheen said that they're trying to make another one, and that's just that's got to be a lie. There's no point. I mean, yeah. there's no way they're. I don't know. Making... Chuck Sheen is a man that tells the truth. <laughs> yeah, so you can take him at his word for almost everything. <laughs> yeah, if there's one thing. You can... <laughs> that person, you... I mean, if you can't trust Chuck Sheen, who can you trust? By the way, I just call him Chuck. I think it's funny. It's fine. It's good. I sent you guys recently. I always think it's funny when you get when I see like. Uh, TV guide or HBO, like when they're describing a movie, the summary of the of the film, and they're just ridiculous. I always enjoy that. I see oh, yeah, you guys one Rachel for Nichols League. post. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was. It says the the summary for Major League was an exotic dancer marries the owner of a baseball club. He does not survive the honeymoon, and she is in control of his ball club. Just like that's literally the first actual minute of the movie, but that's the whole summary. Wow, gosh, that is so true. That's a classic movie. I'm not gonna spend too much time on it if you want our full thoughts listen to that episode but yeah it's one that uh i mean it defines a, a time a period so does rookie of the year which we also talked about Classic. Uh, by the way is rookie of the year well received because no, that's not on rot- my list it's rotten yeah i thought and that should have been on here because that's like a top three of all time like like richard <laughs> I, I would feel guilty about people knowing that but i mean <laughs> i could watch that movie every freaking day i'm not yeah. even kidding the it's guilty, so good the guilt the guilt comes from if I'm if I'm on if I'm on TNT and Major League's on, and I'm on the next channel up. Let's say is USA, and uh, I don't know, in Saving Private Ryan is on. I'm like, well, I'm gonna stick with Major League. That's what's guilty about it to me. Should I watch Showa or Rookie of the Year? Yeah, you don't want to watch like the death of the uh, D Day. Okay, or... we'll, we'll, all right, we'll say like Inception then, like sure. a, a much more highly regarded popcorn thrower. I'm gonna. I'm like, well, is Bob Euchre in Inception? Don't think so. So that's where the guilt comes from how not? much I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, not he, he's in the deleted scenes. <laughs> it was when that top role, though, falls yeah. and he's like, just spit outside. <laughs> Amazing. That's a good one. That's a good number nine. What's yours, Brian? My number nine is uh, is a remake, and I think that's partly why it's it's rotten. I had to debate back and forth whether this would fall into the uh, guilty guilty pleasure or actual good movie that's just poorly received. But um, I asked a buddy of mine who had for some reason watched it recently. He's like, "No, it's not good, but it's a lot of fun." Like, okay, that'll do. Uh, and so I'm going with uh, number nine. I'm going with Rat Race. Wow. Yeah. Oh my I, God, I forgot about that yeah. one too. Yeah. It's a race. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a race. I'm weaning. Yeah. Oh one of the gosh. best John Lovett's performances. <laughs> you have it's at least that. <laughs> I, 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 remember, I remember going in high school or something to see that and just laughing our butts off. Yeah, I think oh we saw gosh. it together, Ken. We might, that would have. Not we might have. Uh I mean it's the like every little plot or you know set of characters is funny you know there's yeah yeah. there's they're all getting their own hijinks in it the way it all kind of comes together is is funny too but i just love the betting that takes place with all these (laughs) you know they're betting on the maids climbing on the or racing on the the uh the curtain rods and (laughs) the chocolate and the (laughs) the hooker with the weird stuff Mm -hmm. that was always that always just cracked me up those are so well done as far as like just random asides and you don't really know what's happening at first. And then, you know, the plot comes through. So, so man, yeah. I'm really torn. There's two things I don't know how to handle here. Um, the writer of rat race, I, did, I was like, who wrote that movie? And, uh, it's, uh, it's the creator of monk. 
Oh no! <laughs> oh, so I'm I'm conflicted there. But then tough. his fifth entry on his Wikipedia, the fifth section, is his feud with Don McLean. <laughs> so I kind of like that. I kind of like the idea that you would feud with Don McLean. <laughs> so early in his singing career, I guess this guy was a singer. Breckman was given the opportunity to perform as an opening act for American Pie singer Don McLean, with whom he shared management. The two did not get along. This is so specific. Like He definitely wrote this himself. Yeah, the two did not get along, and a feud developed that has persisted to the present day. Brackman and McLean have penned competing renditions of the origin of their mutual dislike, <laughs> both of which are available online. So that's my weekly recommend. Go ahead and let's just... Just gonna start reading this now. Uh, yeah, that was the that was uh, Jerry Zucker's last movie to make uh-huh. was Rat Race. Yeah. That's yeah. very random. Like mm-hmm. that's I'm done, guys. I, I've got Absolutely. my opus. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's weird. Oh, he's still alive. Okay, yeah, he's not that old. Yeah, it's a very weird thing. He it's produced all the Naked Gun movies. Yeah, did he, did he directed Friends Ghost? Benefits. Directed First know. Night. Remember First Night with. Sean Connery. Oh, do I? Yeah, of course. Weird. First Every night. Day. I remember seeing that one in the like uh at uh, Blockbuster and never being able to get it. <laughs> but always being so curious, like first night, but it's so good because I love nights. And I was right. It <laughs> Little was did great. you know you could have just waited for Transformers Five. Yeah, you would have I would have known all the history of the Knights of the Round Table if I just waited. 17 years. Um, <laughs> yeah, does a, First Night have drunk Merlin? I didn't think so. No. Rat Race is funny. I'll, I will admit that. And that's a good one. Another Breck and Meyer, Amy Smart duo, too. <laughs> yep. Cuba Gooding Great. Jr. in his prime. Yeah. And John Lovitz, cast. the Hitler Whoopi. thing with John Lovitz is pretty Hilarious. funny, too. Yep. Yeah. Prairie Doggin. <laughs> Prairie yeah. Doggin, yeah. Learn some new good. terms. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Dean Kane. <laughs> So it's got to be good. Whoopee. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Is that Dean Kane? <laughs> All right. Um, Glory Allred as herself. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a cast. My uh, number nine movie is one that came out around the same time, actually in the same year as Rat Race. And it's one that I remember being in the theater again having an awesome time, and I remember the, the crowd just uproarious laughter, uproarious applause at times, just enjoyed themselves, enjoyed themselves um, during the whole screening. And I'm surprised again to learn that it wasn't well-received, and that is 2001's A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Good choice. I really enjoyed this movie. It's gonna, it is going to pop up again later. Just Okay, you know. yeah. we'll, we'll discuss it then, right. but okay. very shocked that it um, it kind of hasn't aged well, I guess, particularly well. I mean, or uh, it wasn't well received because I think there's enough in it to yeah. to consider it a good movie. I mean, what we're not looking for again Schindler's List and everything, you know. Like, just <laughs> give it a give. I can give a good passable movie a pass, you know. Um, a, an entertaining flick, and that's what that was. So we'll talk about it later. I'm surprised we've had any crossover at all. Mm-hmm, um, I know. But uh, that's one that, that when I was doing my, making my list, I had to make it. So it. I will move on. That's my number nine is A Night's Tale. Richard, what's your number eight? My number eight, as we get more and more guilty <laughs> and more and more pleasure, uh, is a film called Teen Wolf. 
Oh. <laughs> Love Teen Wolf. Not as big on Teen Wolf 2, but uh, I'll still ride for Teen Wolf on occasion when it's on TV. And it's really fun to explain to the younger generation and watch them be really confused. Like, no, he just plays basketball for the most part. That's mostly what he uses it for. Uh, they love that. So, Teen Wolf. I think we talked about it in uh, our basketball draft episode. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no rule that says werewolves can't play basketball, so <laughs> you're in. <laughs> it would be great if all rules worked like that. Yeah. There's like, no rule that says you, you can't just... do it. <laughs> Yeah. There's nothing in the constitution that says you you can't launch turtles in the space. So seems to be legal. <laughs> such a great such a great excuse for the law. It is awesome. It's my justification for most of my life. <laughs> but uh I mean that's a that's a fun one. Michael J. Fox is American Treasure or North American Treasure. And uh that's kind of him in his prime just doing a werewolf movie randomly and making it awesome because he <laughs> made everything awesome back then and still does love that guy and better teen wolf, Michael J. Fox or Jason Bateman. I think we had I this talk go. before. I think Michael J. Fox for sure, but Bateman's is, it's a fine, it's a fine replacement. Sure. Or we're, we're forgetting the third one. Cause I think they remade it for MTV. Didn't they? They made a TV series out of it. Yeah. I don't know yeah. who that is. And I refuse to acknowledge <laughs> I haven't seen it either. Just, just curious. That's your number eight, Teen Wolf. Brian, did that appear Teen on your list anywhere? Wolf. It does not appear on my list. No. Okay, me either. So I've we're only safe. got maybe one other movie that might cross over. I think. So we'll okay. See. Okay. Well, what's your number eight, Brian? Number eight on my list is a movie that I was obsessed with. This particular sort of how you were really into Peter Pan, kid. Mm-hmm. I was super into this character as a kid. My mom would not let me see this movie when it came out, and I did not talk to her for a week. I was so angry about it. Um, and so I think that's part of why I really like it now, because it's not good. It's not good at all, but it, there's just this, I don't know, sort of rebelliousness to it of like, I'm going to see this movie and I'm going to love it. And so uh, my number eight is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. With, uh, ah. Kevin Costner. Morgan Freeman doing a weird accent. Um, that Brian Adams song that Corey Brian used to play on piano song. all the time. When <laughs> yes. I to them. It's the first song Corey learned on piano. I'd wake up in the morning, Corey, 5.30 in the morning, just be playing. Gosh. What uh, a what American treasure he is, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was this was a huge movie. Because Robin Hood is my favorite Disney movie of all time. And I, I don't know why, but I really liked that character a lot. Not just the Fox version, but just in lore and myth or whatever. I just was really into Robin hood. And my mom was like, you can't see that it's PG 13. And there's definitely a rape at the end, but, uh, or attempted rape anyway. And so that's not normally what you want to see at eight years old, but man, I was angry about it. So, uh, but yes, this is one that every once in a while, it's probably been a year or two, but every once in a while I'll be doing some work or some writing and just looking for something on in the background. And, I will pull this off the old Blu-ray shelf and uh, Blu-ray, and, yeah, and and, and 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 enjoy it. So, getting the Ultra HD version, like, obviously that's four four K. Yeah, that's high on the list of priority for them to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to up convert. <laughs> It's like, it's like, well, we got Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gotta get it in the triple pack disc with uh, with Waterworld and the Postman. Oh, Just gosh. Really get that out to the masses, to the Brian Gill audience. It's the I saw that movie in the, the theater, Brian. Wow. I'm younger super than jealous of you. Gosh. Should be. Your and mom you is so be... much cooler than my mom. It wasn't wow. my mom. It was a babysitter. 
but uh, it's the benefits of single parent tree. Yeah. But uh, but I'm just gonna make you. I'm about to outrage you. I have not seen it since. Well, next time we get together. So, so it's been 25 <laughs> years. Is my point. I always confuse it with the Mel Brooks one, Men in Tights. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I always thought that as a kid, seeing them like next to each other in the in the aisle at Blockbuster, like, oh, it's Robin Hood, <laughs> Men in Tights, and then Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Like they're the sequel. You know, I didn't understand the concept of doing a different take on Robin Hood. You know, in kind of the same time period, but. That's one again. That guilty pleasure, guilty pleasure. That's, That's what right. this is all about. That's what this is all about. <laughs> um, okay, my number eight is a movie that came out in the nineties, and it's by a director that has become a meme. And it's a movie that I, th- I'm a sucker for these kinds of movies. Um, but this particular movie, I have a soft spot for. And that is 1991's The Doors from oh. Oliver Stone. Oh, the, yeah. Where the Val Kilmer <laughs> yeah. as Jim Morrison, The Doors. Yeah. Uh, wrong with it, man. Super I'm strong with performance. Incredible performance by, not incredible by Val Kilmer. Like, not, uh, I don't think he won anything for it. But, I mean, the guy, he, like, transformed into Jim Morrison and almost. Some would argue hasn't come back since. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he. He went all out for this, and uh, it's an impressive effort. And it tells the story of the Doors, who weren't a huge band; they're big, you know. They have a they're definitely I, I bigger ask, now than they were in their actual sure. prime. Yeah, I they were, they were big in like L.A. and that time period and things like mm-hmm. that. But um, they weren't uh, they weren't the Beatles or anything like that. But I asked a coworker who's a little bit older than me, "What do you think about the Doors?" And he's like, "Meh." You know, like it's a very, the band itself is just kind of a, you either really like them or you just don't care, you know? And he said he kind of hated that, that they, they meander, like their songs were just like nine minutes long and poetic and artistic and things like that. But that's the reason I like them. And there's a video that Val Kilmer actually posted on YouTube of the Doors rehearsing, like the, the, the Doors band for the movie rehearsing at the Roxy in LA. And they're playing Break On Through. And it's like, the it is the Doors. Like, it's amazing how much they mm-hmm. sounded like them, how much he transformed his voice to be Jim Morrison. You know, he said he went through a bunch of training and just mental exercises of like, you can, that's how imper- impersonation works. It's like, you can train your, your voice to be somebody else's voice with enough training, you know? And uh, not only does it look like him, like, uh, you know, like Tupac guy looked like Tupac, but he couldn't be, tu- right. he couldn't perform Tupac. Like Jim Morrison just owned it in that movie. And again, I love their music. So that's, it's, I'm a sucker for a movie about a band that I like, but um, it's a, it's a passable biopic. And it's one that if it comes on, I'm watching it and I own it and all that. And again, surprised to see that it wasn't well received, much like many Oliver Stone movies. And, um, I just hope he doesn't ruin it, do a movie about any band that I like. I hope he doesn't do a Led Zeppelin biopic like in 2020 or something. I'm just like, nope, just please don't. But uh, that's a that's a that's a guilty pleasure for me. The Doors, the movie, boom, 91. Like it. All right, that's my number eight. What's your number seven, Richard? My number seven. They're getting guiltier and guiltier in this one. Uh-oh. Uh oh. 
Brian argued with me on this, but I'm going to go ahead and say the level which I enjoy it and who it's intended for makes it a guilty pleasure. I'm going to say School of Rock. <laughs> wow, that's like 100%, isn't it, or something? I'm not what going anyone says it's bad. I'm, I'm going for oh, guilty. the intended audience and me, and I feel guilty <laughs> at how much I love School of Rock. And how much you cry about it. That's And how yeah. much I cry during it, yeah. Yes. There is... um. There's nothing guilty about. I, I don't. I think I am the target audience for that. I think it's people who like good movies as the audience, and I, I love that movie, man. That's another one that could be a top ten of all time for me. Let alone top ten guilty pleasure. Same, I man. love Same. School of Rock. It's so good, flawless. Brian, hot take. I love I like School of Rock quite a bit, but I think Richard's right. Like he he likes it in a way that no one likes it. Like it's just <laughs> That's true. like I don't know. How, I mean, if you're listening well, to this, you sound now, a little creepy. It is I about know. children, so <laughs> not those parts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're listening to this now, you don't realize we edited out 30 minutes. Where Richard was just crying, so it's yeah. it's like you mm-hmm. just bring it up and he starts fair. weeping. So uh, no, I I I call fair on this just because um, I don't. I mean. Like this is a solid movie, but but Richard is just like this is this is his favorite thing ever. So um, I I agree with it. I loved it when it first came out, man. I, that scene where Jack Black is like talking about his show, you know, to the kids. We need to do an episode on that on that movie. Is there any kind of anniversary coming up for it? Yeah, Richard uh, would be crying. Be next year would be its fifteenth anniversary. Okay, we'll do it next year then. All right, but that's a good one. It's a really good one. Do I own that? I I better own that movie. If not, I'm buying it on Blu-ray like this instant. I love it. You're not uh, hardcore unless you live hardcore, Kent. That's yeah. all I know. Yep. The Legend of the Rent was way hardcore, though. It was way uh, hardcore. And like Jack Black born for that movie, pretty much, right? That's no, his totally. that's his that's his opus. Hey, what's up, ma'am fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. 
Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. All right. What's your number seven, Brian? My number seven is a movie that I have referenced many times on this here show, uh, usually in defense of myself. Like I, This is the movie I bring up whenever I'm about to tear into a bad movie. I say, well, look, I like this movie. Um, so oh, I know everything. Here so we go. <laughs> my number seven is a little movie I like to call Battleship. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Battleship, bro. Come at me. I, lo- I love me some Battleship. This is definitely a movie. This is like the definition of guilty pleasure because there's no totally. defense for it. It's not good. But Rihanna. I, uh, like, I like Rihanna in my movies. I, like, I, like, uh, I want to <laughs> see Taylor Kitsch. I want him to succeed. He's my guy. So uh, I like Peter Berg. He, he, he hits right up my alley. He's so, like the good Michael is, uh, Bay. Yeah, it's exactly right. That's exactly what he is. So this is... He's the thinking man, Michael Bay. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a movie that I'll fire up every once in a while, and I, I always I always say to myself, "This is a stupid movie, and I'm not going to like it this time." And then I watch it, and I'm like, "No, man, I love this movie." So there we are, Battleship Number Seven. Gosh, um, one of my favorite things about that is Peter Berg doing the press tour for that, and <laughs> him being asked the question by like you know. Access Hollywood. So, Peter, do they actually say the line, you suck my battleship in the movie? And he's like, what do you think? <laughs> that was his line. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just total self-awareness. I'm like, oh, look, I'm just doing the movie. Like, just give me a freaking break, you know? Um, but the only problem with Battleship is that it led to more board game movies. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's legacy's not great. <laughs> Yeah, when that's we, the only problem. When are we getting the uh, Adam Sandler Candyland movie? I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> They've been trying to make Monopoly into a movie forever. Because everyone loves playing Monopoly in 2017. Right. Uh, I think they might actually be working on that like now. But they did the right. Ouija movie too. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, That worked great. So Shoots and Ladders coming in 2019. <laughs> just like a just like an action movie. I can't wait for that. Um, okay. Your number my, seven, Kenny. My number seven. I feel like I had to have a movie by this actor on here. Uh, things haven't been great in more recent years. And I think his reputation is, like, he's in need of a hit more than maybe any comedian right now. Just a solid home run comedy. But this is one that when it came out, I loved it. And it's got a cult following, but I remember when it coming out, when it came out, like people said, this is the start of his decline. Uh, and my number seven is Step Brothers, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley. Uh, really, really find it funny in a lot of ways. And it, of the bad Will Ferrell movies, this is my favorite. Oh, uh, I love Step Brothers. I, I love it, and um, it, you know, there is like Blades of Glory and bewitched and I think you know, it's get hard and things like that. I think Step Brothers, I find more people that like it and we just bond over our love for Step Brothers totally, more than yeah, any totally. of his 100%. kind of 
considered not great movies. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're making a sequel actually to it. Yeah, and they should Rumored. because they're so gold together. Him and John C. Riley are great. I together. think it, it's yes, they are, and I think it's become and it's still a guilty pleasure. I'm not arguing with you there, but it's become so kind of such a more of a cult classic that I do think uh, Talladega Nights is kind of the forgotten one of those of that of those three of the mm-hmm. Anchorman Talladega mm-hmm. Step Brothers trilogy. I I feel like Talladega is the one forgotten historically and it's really funny as well i love talladega nights but i'm all with you i'm with you on stepbrothers man great great uh right i had to pick sunday afternoon funny movie yeah i had to pick one of those and that was the one i i love talladega nights too i think that's why am i still talking to you yeah (laughs) it's all the stuff with uh shake and bake and that whole thing is greatness um but I think Step Brothers, Step Brothers is the one I will go to more frequently than any. Oh, others. me too. Both me in too. terms of I'm going to watch this, and in when some like that spark in your head of like, what does this remind me of? Oh, this line in Step Brothers. I think about that movie all the time. I love Step Brothers. Do you ever want to read Roger Ebert's review of Step Brothers? It is oh, not gosh. good. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. It is. He did not get it. Oh wow. Yeah. It he, brought he us Adam Scott. It. it brought us Catherine Hahn. You know. Love Catherine Hahn. Yeah. Mary Steenbergen. Haven't, haven't had a carb since 04, bro. <laughs> it was, it, it, what does he say? It was the cubes, Bobby Flay. It was, it was, it was almost too much. It was, yeah. it was crazy. We were fishing uh, for Bonita fish. Yeah. Off the, are Bonita fish big? Uh, it's a price. <laughs> What's this guy's it's deal? Tr- it's considered a yeah, trophy fish. They are. So, yeah, they are, Dale. Uh, you did kind of ruin the story, but uh, yeah. what's this guy's deal? I don't know, son. I it's love okay. that kid. That that cracks me up so much every time. What's this guy's deal? <laughs> so, good. so good. Uh, that is a funny movie <laughs> to me. Underrated line in that movie when after <laughs> after John C. Riley punches Adam Scott and he comes back in and Will Ferrell says, "Is it true what they say that you?" <laughs> That you punched the one they call Daryl. I don't know why that always kills me the way he says the one they call Daryl. I love like, the outtakes in that movie where they're showing each other their toys yes. and Farrell's showing him this wolf lamp and he, he has this whole thing they can't get through without laughing, but it's like his name's Galco, which is Hebrew for kindness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what about so the pup? It's like the pup is unnamed. Because how could you put a name on the innocence of that face? So funny. So when they are uh, uh, sleepwalking too, yes, and throwing the presents around, and he brings the tree in the room and everything. It's so right good. on the mouth, Kenny Rogers. Yeah. The other, the other line, and we should move on. But the other line that always is like kind of forgotten because there are so many great ones is right when they when they build the uh, the bunk beds, and they're just you know John C. Riley's like stretching and doing lunges and stuff. And right before he jumps into the bed, he goes, "Hey, I've been meaning to ask you. Do you like do you like guacamole?" And then the bed just falls <laughs> on top of him. I don't know why. Yeah. Every time that the line of the line me. of guacamole yeah. is so yeah. random. Yeah. Too. Do you like guacamole? The, yeah. the centaur scene too yeah. is so just not needed and so funny. Ah, great Presti- movie. Presties worldwide. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's my name. My fantasy Bo- football boats and hose uh, group. Yeah, boats and hose. Okay, uh, step brothers. Right. Love it. Number seven. What's yours? Number six, Richard. My, my number six is going to be a jump in terms of tone here. It's a movie I've seen a lot. It's a movie I love for reasons that people that have watched the show will know why I love this movie because of other things I love. But it's a movie I don't think we've ever really talked about on here. Uh, it's a movie I think from like 2002-ish maybe. 
Um, it's a movie called The Transporter. Oh, oh wow! Wow! I feel like that's an ultimate guilty pleasure. Oh yeah, big time. Statham. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Statham. Um, just peak. Like that was the first time. Man, no, I'd seen Lockstock, but it was like the first super starring Statham movie, and it's so stupid and so awesome. Yeah. No, I, I, man, I got down on some Statham early, like Crank. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh and the bank job and the transporter bank job's actually like good yeah yeah so yeah. i was thinking about bank job and then it was like i knew it was good but i didn't realize how critically loved it was as well so i had to to back out on bank job so but it's great bank jobs if we were going to do underrated great movies that would be up there but not not guilty pleasures but transport is a little more guilty pleasure because it's yeah it's really stupid but but crank's great too because it's speed but in his body it's better speed Anyone that says speed is better than crank is wrong. Crank is far superior. Come at yes. me. Come at me. <laughs> crank at two. Richard Barden. Did you see Crank 2? Yeah, man. Also better than Speed 2 Cruise Control. It is better than that. I will say that. Uh, Transporter, all in. Go for it, man. They tried to... Didn't they make one like last year? A sequel? Probably. There's like a, a third show. couple. There's like a no, show. No, they made USA. a movie. Let me, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look on the internet. Transporter refueled 2015. Gosh. Yeah. With Ed yeah. screen as ah, the transporter. I love, that, I love that when you look it up, it's transporter or in French, le transporteur. It's like, yeah, we, we got that. <laughs> Luc Besson. It's the only Luc Besson That's thing fine. I like. Yeah. Well, yeah. it also had a TV series in 2014. By the way, who is the artistic director of the first transporter film? There's a, there's a director, which is Corey Yoon. And an artistic director. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with. Who's oh. the most artsy? Uh, Louis Lettier. Yep, exactly. Louis Lettier, artistic director of The Transporter. Is he really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I completely guessed. <laughs> Holy crap, that's awesome. Yeah, so hopefully we can get. Now, if Statham turned out he's in Now You See Me 3. I mean, I might the be five percent excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the eye of the eye the whole yeah. time. Yeah. He was actually Woody's twin, and he ripped the mask <laughs> off because they kind of look alike enough. For now, you see me, right? They're both bald. It's fair. Yeah. The same. They're basically the same. He uh, was born. He was pulling a forty-year con on or fifty-year con on Woody, pretending to be his twin brother just so he could out eye him. All right, I'm gonna pass it on to Brian for his number six. My number six is the only other movie on this list that I, besides the one we've we've already touched on, Kent, is the only one I might be on your list too. We'll see. We'll see. I know one of you really likes this movie and one of you really doesn't. So we'll we'll go with that. I know what it's going to be. But I I loved this movie. I saw this movie in theaters and I loved it. I was in, I think I was a freshman in college when it came out. Loved it. And I still do. Every once in a while, I'll pop it in and it holds up for me. It's strong. And that is uh, 2002's Orange County. Ugh. It'll, it appears on my list too. All right, so we okay. can discuss it. All right, at that point, good stuff. Define pleasure. Uh, a, a, <laughs> a very good, enjoyable movie that no, you're wrong okay. about. How about that? That's fine. I remember being so excited for it and being so let down when I left, and then I mm-hmm. tried to watch it again, and it's just look. Not just everybody understands genius, you know. It's, yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. That's true. Uh, all right, my number six is I felt like I had to have one from this director on here. 
it's kind of the, the Will Ferrell thing, uh, you know, in need of a, a, a jump start, but I feel like he's gotten that in, in recent years. Um, but the, you know, started off really strong and steadily in a decline. But this is one that uh, I, I remember seeing and just being like pretty awestricken by the first time I saw it when it came out. And uh, I'll mention it now. My number six is The Village from M. Night Shyamalan. And oh, yeah. I, I, I remember the twist being just like, holy moly, what was what just happened? You know, like I didn't I understood a, a twist, but not to that degree before where it just completely changes the entire fabric of everything you've just seen, you know, and uh, that's what it does. And it's one of those like if you, re, you it's hard to rewatch it because what if you know that what happens at the end, it's hard for you to uh, watch it again. Like, can I go into spoilers here? You know, is this a, oh, is yeah. this a, it's like 13 years ago. It old. was 13 years ago. The village. If you haven't seen the village, turn this off immediately if you want to go watch it. But when, when, um, first of all, the, the like monsters were really creepy, you know, the, uh, the monsters that they're kind of hiding from in the woods. Richard probably mm-hmm. didn't see this one. No, I did. Well, I like this one. And, uh, you know, so that Who was else? creepy and, I never really got the hints of how they were hinting. Like they find the costumes and everything in one of the, in one of the, uh, I don't know, cabins or whatever. Yeah. And when they actually escape the village and there's cars driving by, I was like, what just happened? Because <laughs> it's, it was, the whole thing was set in like the 1800s or something. Right. Uh, or early times, pioneer times. And when cars were driving, I thought it was like a time portal or something. I didn't yeah. understand the, the the twist at all until I realized, oh my gosh, the fact that they've been isolated so long, how would they know anything else, you know? It blew my freaking mind. And I remember recommending it to friends, because that was his first movie after Signs, and Signs mm-hmm. was like a huge deal when it came out. Uh, and everybody was just like, you gotta see it, you know? I remember Signs being another one in the theater that, screaming like actual terrified screams you know in that movie and um signs is was well received though and the village i think was kind of panned for how ridiculous the the twist was and how it did negate a lot of stuff but i thought it was super bold and like wow this director if he can keep this up this is going to be crazy and then he tried it to the extreme with like the happening but and didn't work and he he kind of succeeded in the twist game with with his last movie uh last year split and uh i'm excited to see where he can go like i think he's back now i think he's back to doing what he does good and uh i'm i'm ready to see him be in night Shyamalan again but that's that's the one that made my list the village number six awesome. uh richard yeah so we're in the five now these are all pretty my five are all pretty uh maybe with the object Maybe with the uh, with only one being a good movie, but uh, my number five movie is a pretty bad movie that I've watched my entire life, and I still like it. And I don't care what you say, and it has one of the creepiest bad guys ever. <laughs> and uh, and I'm gonna go with it, Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> nice. I love that movie. Growing up, I don't think I've well, seen I'm it. 30. I don't think I I've seen like it, it since '98, maybe. Come on over, man. But uh, I remember liking it a lot Busted the first time the I saw it. the old VHS. Yeah. <laughs> Do you it own it? Your cousin. Uh, I don't own anything. 
But I could That's I true. could download it for us. Oh, Did you know yeah. there's a kindergarten cot too? Did you guys know? Yeah, that with there Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. How is it not? Am I, Larry MIT the cable physicist? Guy. Uh, well, Dolph Lundgren. Oh, Larry the Cable Guy was in the Tooth Fairy too. I'm sorry. Mm. Mm. Tooth Fairy Easy ranks pretty high it. on my list here too. We'll mention it later. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's actually the, it's actually the pacifier with Vin Diesel. It's very yeah, high. It's classic. Only guilty yeah. pleasure. Um. Wow, Kindergarten Cop. I yeah. remember like really wanting to see that when I was in kindergarten because it was about kindergartners. And like I know that I know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is, right? And uh and never got to until later, but thought it was funny. But haven't watched it in twenty years. No joke. So well, can't up. comment. Can't comment. It's a Mullenhoff and Barden classic. So that's where that's it great. gets my vote. I've been to Astoria, Oregon, where it was filmed. I've seen the school that it was filmed at. Fun fact. He just drove all the way there just for that. Just for that. (laughs) Turned around and came home. He didn't even get a hotel. 22 hours each way. It was really tough. It's the same town that the Goonies was filmed in. That's why I went. I wanted to see the Goonies house. Awesome. uh, Yeah. Just historic event. I've used this joke privately before, but I'll use it on the podcast. Which Disney park is near that? (laughs) Right for you to vacation there. It's Disney World, Portland. Um, okay, you can only get in if you've been to Disney World itself seven times. So <laughs> cool. What you have? It's like you easily pass that one. It's like the Wickens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were actually you could let someone else in that had you had so many. Yeah, but guess who you I'm had... not calling? You guys. So take that. Fair. Fair. <laughs> All right, Brian. What about you? What's your number five? Number five for me is a movie that I re- I've mentioned before on the podcast in a different ranking episode that we did, but I kind of forgot about it for the purposes of this list for some reason. And somebody mentioned it on Twitter and I thought, oh, I've made a huge mistake. So I had to go back and correct my own list and add this one back in because it is, it is definitely a guilty pleasure um, that I have no defense for and I won't try to make a defense. And so number five for me is... Uh, <laughs> is the aforementioned John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale serendipity. Ah, uh, good movie. Perfectly fine. Man. This is the this is the last good John Cusack movie. This is the third time that I've changed that, but I'm pretty <laughs> no, feel pretty uh, good about this is the last one. You're wrong. It's all love and mercy. Can, yeah, I was gonna say oh, love and mercy. Dang it. All right. Change, yeah, okay. This was this is where this is where the gap started. How about that? Yeah. So yeah, uh, fourteen oh eight or no, no just kidding. <laughs> uh, did you uh, I went to New York last year and was with uh, like uh, like co coworker females, right? And we were all uh-huh. going to the city. And they're like, we we wanted to go to they wanted to go to Serendipity, right, to eat, you know. Right. Yep. And the wait was like seven hours, like uh-huh. no joke. They're like, that's no, not happening. Yeah. So we went like right across the street with some pizza place, sat down immediately, and had like the best meal, like really <laughs> good food. Yeah, like, it's wow, hard to find really good food in New York City, though. Really it glad we hard. didn't. It was a place called Sabaro. It was great. <laughs> no. <laughs> the stuff crust there is the authentic New York far. stuff crust. It is, is what you want. great. Now, um, we went to uh, a place, but I mean, the the movie did its job. And as far as. Oh, like, yeah, totally. Totally. Making that place a, a landmark, you know, people still go to New York and have to eat there. You know, mm-hmm. we weren't we didn't weren't like that. We just wanted to kind of see it. But. Sure. Uh, yeah. Why, why is this, why has this, um, aged so well for you? I don't know. You know, I, it's not like I don't watch it particularly often because that, that doesn't hurt, but it's, you know, it's not the type of movie that I'm going to sit down and watch by myself, but I don't know. I don't know why this came out when I was, I think I was a freshman in college 
And it was a big deal with all the women that the girls that were around me. And so I saw it several times and I eventually was just like, I really like this movie. This is really good. So when I was uh, in high school, being younger than you, I had a bunch of moms tell me that I reminded <laughs> them of John Cusack's character in this. And now looking back, maybe they're just super into me. Maybe, maybe these moms were like really missing damn. opportunities there. Yeah. yeah. Huge whiff on my part. I was like, <laughs> um, I'm more of a gross point blank Cusack. I don't know if you, <laughs> yeah. you know me very well. Yeah. Uh, Serendipity. I don't have any rom-coms on here. I all. have one very high on my list, obviously. for It's me. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your top five is all rom-coms, actually. No, we already I, did our I favorite was, rom-com episode. I, that was so, the other yeah. thing. I didn't put this in my algorithm. I tried to kind of keep one, maybe two per genre. So sure. I, I've got a horror movie coming up next that you guys are going to be wow. shocked by. Wow. Cool. Is it Centipede uh, 2. Yeah. yeah. It's... uh. My number five. Um, I think we mentioned it on the show. We did a review of it, and it's always been a guilty pleasure my entire life. Um, I guess I could just kind of wrap it into a whole franchise-wise, but I chose one movie just to be more specific when I'm making my list. My number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Love the Ninja Turtles. Love the characters. I'll watch anything that they do. That's all I got to say about it, really. You know? Strong. And I think they're really fun, and I don't care if they're bad, because none of them have been good ever. Like, there hasn't been <laughs> one good movie come out about, or TV show or anything. They're all just stupid, fun, popcorn, adventure, you know, kinds of movies and shows, and that's fine. And it brings back memories, and I, I love the characters. Again, I love the personalities and, and all that. And so, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, guilty pleasure, easily, easily on my list. And uh, right there in the middle, number five. Yeah. This is one of the biggest movies of my life, like as far as a theater experience. When that movie came out, it was huge. It was huge. The one in, the one three years ago, though, right? Yeah. The, oh, yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, you guys remember how excited family. I was? Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be on the podcast for three weeks because I was camping out, you know? Just like prepping your it really sucks cosplay. that Cinemark didn't have Wi-Fi, to be honest, but yeah. It's okay. Well, we wrote a letter. <laughs> it's okay. Um. Okay, what's your number four, Richard? The horror movie, my, I guess. My number four movie, I had to get a kind of a cheesy horror movie, and it's one I watched a ton as a kid, which will just Brian won't understand, but you will <laughs> get uh, with my neighbors and stuff like that. It's uh, this is such a bad movie, but I don't care. Child's Play. Oh, gosh. Oh, Chucky. Terrified me. Yeah. Yeah, love Chucky. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. Weird thing about me, in on all Chucky movies, gosh. even the bad ones. Seen them all. There's good ones? Okay. I mean, even like the later ones. Dude, I was terrified. I have a Jennifer Tilly Chucky. poster in my room. Is that weird? <laughs> but it's from but Liar Liar. That's no, the weird it's, no, it's just her playing poker. That's what's... Um, yeah, love love Chucky. Chucky's one of my favorite. I don't know why. I had a buddy growing up, and then we like lost touch. Never spoke to him again after like 10. But Chucky was our thing, and it always makes me think fondly of him. And I like have wistful feelings about Chucky, about youth and childhood. Gosh. And uh, it doesn't even really factor in that it's horrifying. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I gotta go. Child's play. I had to get you know mix in the genres a little bit, but that that's a guilty pleasure right there. Yeah, it is. I I almost put horror movies on here. Uh, I very. I almost had Friday the Thirteenth series in, in here. None of them are good, but they're a guilty pleasure. Uh, Freddy Krueger's the same way. None of them are good. But guilty ple- guilty pleasure. I feel like most horror is guilty pleasure because. I don't I don't remember like Get Out was like one of the first horror movies that was like 
the critics were raving. You know, I, I think horror is just horror. And if you don't like it, you don't. And that's it, you know. And Child's Play, that's a very random one, though, because it's, it's about a, a possessed <laughs> doll, you know. It's very weird. Of all the, all the horror movies yeah. to pick. Oof. That's funny. Um, okay. I'm going to pass it on to Brian for his number four. Number four for me is a comedy that I have no defense for, but I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Every single, anytime, there was a while this was on the FX rotation, and so I watched bits and pieces of it, I don't know, 30 times. I love, love this movie, and I, I almost kept it off the list because I start to contend that it is a good movie, and then I realized I can't do that. And so uh, number four for me is Accepted with Justin Long and Jonah Hill. <laughs> Uh, oh wow that, that whole bit i love that movie and and to take it even a step further of of guiltiness the speech that he gives at the end really works for me i don't know why it was just like yeah i'm all fired up and a little choked up and everything but uh yeah, i i don't know i don't know what it is about that movie but it but it speaks to me so except it is is on my list here wow now, i remember the movie waiting with Ryan uh-huh. Reynolds too. Yeah, that, that falls. I always get those kind of like confused in my mind. I know they're they're I, I'm not confused by them, but I feel like they're the same time period. Like one word. They're both Justin Long movies. You know, <laughs> right? It's a uh, it kind right. of falls into the same same job. Both you know, Dane Cook just kills it in both of them. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, wow, accepted. I haven't thought about that movie literally since it came out. Not even Nor one time. You. But that's why it's guilty. School for Scoundrels. Remember that? Yeah. So same kind of deal in a way. Uh, wow. Good one. That's a good guilty pleasure. That's a very random good guilty pleasure. <laughs> um, Brian mentioned this actor earlier for my number four, and I feel like I had to have a one of his movies here, The Ultimate Guilty Pleasure. Um, actor. National Treasure. National Treasure. Yeah. Come on, come on. National Treasure, number four. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean nice. to jump on it. Yeah. I yes. love I loved this movie when it came out. Didn't Same, I did not man. love it, but uh I just love the idea of things hidden by our ancestors and buried <laughs> treasure and things like that. And then I think the it's like a fun independence. It's a fun heist in a way. It's an adventure yep. movie. It's got a lot totally. of historical you know, elements to it that is educational too. It's just a fun kind of family movie and they need to make another one. They honestly, do. I don't understand why they don't. That's Brian such an easy, money. easy Brian cash. I grab. rewrote one the other yeah, couple weeks ago. Recently. Didn't we? Like I can't remember what version of it. <laughs> it's it probably like, something to do with basketball. I can't remember I, what it was, but that had some bit. Jim yeah. Nance's contract had <laughs> the Templar key in it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I know they made us. They made us only a second one, right? They didn't make a third one, did they? I know, and it's so weird. Those are those are easy money. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. That should have been the night at the museum. Should have been national treasure. Yeah, they should have just this- crank one out every year at Christmas. Easily number one. You know, every mm-hmm. family on Christmas Eve is going to go see it and not be offended by it or have to worry about it. Yeah. And Nicholas Cage four, can be a passable million guy. Four hundred fifty million dollars. Four hundred fifty million dollars. How is that not being made? I, I don't, don't get know. it. Did the second know. one not do as well? The second one made four fifty. The third, the oh, first wow. one made three fifty. So, and it wasn't a huge budget. It's like one hundred thirty million dollars, and it could probably be cheaper now because Nick Cage can be got for about five bucks. So let's yeah, just, if you yeah. buy off one of his houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
buy off one of his artifacts and uh, he'll be good to go. That's a good one. That's a really, really good one. Strong. Uh, Good choice. For guilty pleasures. Oh, totally. Um, Yeah. And I guess it just gets kind of crazy, you know, but for the first 40 minutes, like up until they actually steal the declaration, I think it's really fun. And the way they actually steal it is clever and all that. And him, you know, switching it out with the fake declaration from the gift shop. Like there's so many little fun little moments in it that uh that really when they work. throw the card for an hour that was cool <laughs> yeah really good <laughs> yeah that's the problem we're making now you see me movies instead of national treasure movies that is a crime I'm, that is messed up i will not stand for this america justin barthel what are you doing just, just <laughs> john voight yeah uh okay we, we national treasure part. my number four what's your number four richard uh or number three number three Oh, my number three. Yeah, my number three is uh, it's a classic. I think it's every human's guilty pleasure, but it's still a guilty pleasure because it's so cheesy and so uh, silly. Um, but you know, it's 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 a gem, and that's Dirty Dancing. I've seen Dirty Dancing with my mom a trillion times, probably. Post, I mean, it's anytime it's on Swayze, peak Jennifer Grey. It has a ridiculous premise, and uh, it's great. So I, I ride for Dirty Dancing all day, er day, come at me. Wow. Dirty Dancing. Havana Nights, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Diego Luna, as we've, we've talked about. <laughs> he really won me over with the that The superstar one. of our gen- the Mr. Charisma. <laughs> no, yeah. Swayze's so awesome, Dirty Dancing, man. It's, it's peak. It's it's one of I mean Roadhouse is like the obvious guilty pleasure Swayze movie. That's too obvious. I'm gonna go even guiltier as a male and be comfortable in my guilty guilt and say Dirty Dancing's awesome. Man, that thing with uh when Swayze and Chris Farley are doing the Chippendales thing. Yeah. To everybody's <laughs> working for the weekend. I mean, what a time, man. That's I watched just, that like last week for the first time in like five years and just it's it's one of the best things. It's ever. like American treasures, just American treasuring all over the place. You know, it's a like, good grief. We were so forgot, spoiled back then. I forgot how funny Kevin Nealon is in that sketch randomly as the judge. <laughs> yeah, as the judge. They kind of didn't finish writing it. Either they didn't write it or the cue cards are down because he has, you can tell he like has to, the timing's weird and he's just like, we cut you because, you know, you're fat and disgusting. And uh, <laughs> you're, we like to have normally people with chiseled bodies and you you just aren't that but but again great attitude you know and he like kind of chicks back oh man neilan's hilarious and that's good yeah he's great and uh good very good choice richard good choice uh what's your number three brian number three for me is a movie that you already mentioned kent so we can talk about it now it's a knight's tale Heath ledger paul bettany um I was I, at some point in the past. I ran. I think I ran a poll on on our Twitter account asking if it was a guilty before long before this episode. It wasn't like for prep for this, but ran a poll asking if it was an actual good movie or a guilty pleasure, and everybody said guilty pleasure. So I was like, okay, I guess that settles it. But uh, think about what a weird concept that movie is. Like, yeah, yeah, it had to be kind of on the heels of of Moulin Rouge. I'm thinking, yeah. like, why is there Queen music all the way through it? 
I don't know, but like, I love that. I no, I think it's it awesome. Make any sense? But yeah. I just mean like in a vacuum. That's a really weird idea to have, mm-hmm. and I feel like it had to be Moulin Rouge influenced. They came out, I believe, the same year. So okay. Moulin Rouge probably would have come out a little after this, just based on. Oh wow! Okay, um, then you're right. Then not. Yeah, the same year Moulin Rouge came out. Yeah. Um. Well, maybe it came out May, and Night's Tale was like August or something. So May. They both came out at the same time. That's weird. That's really that weird. That is weird. Strange. That is really weird. Very strange. Yeah, I love I mm-hmm. love the mix. I don't know why that but the music makes it and Paul Bettany is so good. I, I think that's such a fun that if Paul Bettany had just walked away from acting at that point, we would be in a much yeah. better place with him. He's really that's a really fun character that he brings a lot of life to. And, and that sets you up for the next decade where you're like, Oh, you're gonna do more of that, right? Nope, I'm gonna beat myself in a room. Uh, for Da Vinci Code. So, well, if you were married to Jennifer Conley. <laughs> um, but, I'm going to be an yeah. angel seven times in different movies. He's good in it. That. Uh, that guy that's English but plays Kevin James in the sitcom. <laughs> yeah, the Mark worst. Addy. Yeah. yeah, with B-team, keeps B-team Kevin James, that one lady's B-team Courtney Cox. Yeah. And uh, isn't uh, Alan Tudyk's in that too, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's, that's a fun... No, that's how, a good movie. How much better is King Arthur Legend of the Sword with the with the big snake? How much better is it if it just leans into this kind of a movie, right? Yeah. Like isn't, doesn't that make it... Isn't that what... I, at least for me, that's kind of what I thought I was getting with King Arthur, given that Guy Ritchie semi did that with, with Sherlock. That would have been mm. so much more fun to watch. Giant snake aside. So. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the only moment of a night's tale that i'm like oh, i don't know it's kind of like a forrest gump you know face in the t-shirt creates the smiley face moment where they like carve the nike swoosh out into the armor i'm like okay oh yeah i forgot about that they're they're going a little too far with this whole modern <laughs> night thing you I'm know i'm gonna choose to look past that part yeah. yeah that's the one part where i'm like okay <laughs> this this might be too much but everything else really enjoy i love Heath ledger in that and that's why when I heard like he's going to be the Joker, I'm like, really? <laughs> Very opposite of what I portrayed him to be, you know. And that's I guess it's part of what made it so great. But uh, man, Night's Tale, good stuff. And I remember, I man, more people recommended that to me than any maybe any other movie in my life. Like, have you seen? <laughs> you got to go see it, you know. It was uh, really big at our school. I remember, Ken. Yeah, it was very big. popular and with our age group. I remember, sure. like my parents' friends, like asking me about it, and like it just it hit on every scale, every audience, you know, and uh, did well. Cool. That's your number three. Yep, number three. All right, for me. number three for me is uh, this is a guilty one for sure, and it, I had to narrow it down between two. And Brian might appreciate one of them that I had to narrow it down to, but this one made it to number number three. Um, it's 2006's Grandma's Boy from Happy Madison. <laughs> that is that so is guilty. guilty. That is a guilty pleasure. It's like a Sandler movie without Sandler, which is, that's the key to <laughs> all these Sandler in, movies, guys. Just take Sandler out of Nick them. And, yeah. Alan Covert starring in it, but uh, thought it was funny at the time. Really random comedy and total throwaway, like Jonah Hill's in it for a little bit. And, uh, yeah, and Dante's in it for Joe Dante or whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, like, uh, dealer is in it. And it's super bad, but I don't know why it's Seriously, such a guilty pleasure. And it was between this and Strange Wilderness, 
which I laughed so hard at Strange <laughs> Wilderness because of Steve Zahn and him being just almost American treasure status with how great he is. Um, but Grandma's boy made it. It's and uh, Doris Roberts, may she rest in peace. That's my number three. So very funny. guilty. That is super guilty. That yeah. that's probably the most guilty. Maybe my next one is my most guilty. Other than that, but uh, I want the kind of the Richard scenario. They get more and more guilty as we as we go on. I like it. But um, what's your number two, Richard? This is a movie that was universally panned. That I know at least one other person uh, likes on this panel here. Not necessarily panned, but it was a big flop, considered a big failure. And it's not. It's really a pretty good movie. And it's got an American treasure in it, and one of our favorites, the aforementioned Val Kilmer. It is a movie called The Saint. Yes. Yes. I Love The I, Saint. Super little, fun. Little inside baseball here. We, we cheated just a little bit. I texted Richard to find out if you, because I knew you liked this movie. I wanted to know if you were putting on your list so I could take it off mine and sneak in another movie. I firmly support this decision. Yeah, it's got a really like creepy poster, and it's not... I don't know. The movie totally doesn't match the marketing of it. I feel like it would have been mm-hmm. more successful. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of like coming right off that weird Batman Forever movie. I don't know, but it's it's a fun movie. Yeah. Weird, uh, like very Eastern European techno music yes. soundtrack and scores. That probably didn't help, but yes, I'm totally, I love The Saint. This is, that, that and it is very guilty because you, you can't defend it, right? You, you can't no. say like, oh, it's a good movie. It's like, yep, yeah, you're right. Not good, but I liked it. Nope, yeah, totally. That's guilty. How many? How many more Val Kilmer movies? Are we just gonna <laughs> the, the the rest of our list is like, yeah, we know it's not good, but it's Val, so guilty yeah, pleasure. Can't go, you know, can't go against him. Yeah. Is MacGruber gonna be on the list? Because no, we I couldn't. It's too good. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. That's in your it's top ten, I think, of all time. I yeah, think it was on not, the list. There's nothing guilty about MacGruber. Right. Yeah. I tried to explain that. Except for Dieter von Kahn. Right. Fast and Furious to my wife. I was like, no, those aren't guilty. And she was not happy with my choices in life. She rolled her eyes big time. I was like, no. Like, don't you dare. I, I got very angry and it was just like, don't you dare. Don't you dare come at me over Fast and the Furious in the group. It's hard to call it. Good luck guilty. sleeping outside tonight, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to call those guilty pleasure when they make a billion dollars. You know, like, clearly there's a there's an audience and no and one's guilty. They're good. Yeah. 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 And they're fun. Fun movies. All right. Uh, what's your number two, Brian? My number two is a movie that definitely qualifies in the category of. I always feel a little sheepish saying that I that I do enjoy this this film, uh, this cinematic masterpiece because it's not geared towards me at all. But. Um, but I like it anyway, and I, I don't really know why this why it is. I can't explain it, because I don't even like this genre of film, typically. Um, but for whatever reason, I have always had a huge appreciation for uh, Newsies. <laughs> and so, Newsies oh. is number two on my list. And uh, wow. I always feel a little weird saying that. I almost left it off just to avoid uh, the embarrassment of sending it out to... Uh, all twelve people that listen to us, but uh, but yeah, look, I I gotta be me. I gotta I gotta be who I am. I I love Newsy. I love Newsy so much that I that went to see it uh, when it came like the the Broadway show when it came through here, 
and was like, like my wife was like, hey, do you want to go? And I was like, obviously, if you, you know, if you want to go, that's fine. But secretly, <laughs> I had been plotting how to get to it myself anyway. You had already so, purchased two tickets. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh, yeah, yeah just, it works out. Um, surprise. Yeah. Uh, I, I love Newsies. Love it. Yeah, that's a good one. Newsies. Gosh, man, I'm, I'm just <laughs> hearing. It's so funny. Like when, that when we think of guilty pleasure movies, like. And you think of the top 10, these are the ones that come up, you know, it's just for everybody. It's just different. Uh And that's kind of the funny thing about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that Bill Pullman or Paxton? We need a Pullman. Pullman. Yeah. Bill Pullman, Christian Bale with a New York accent that we can, we can forgive. It's fine. It's no big deal. But yeah, dude, I I love that movie. I love the music. uh, And I will, I'll ride or die for it all the time, but sheepishly like in the background. Oh, wow. Man, I just haven't heard that in years. <laughs> I just haven't heard that. Like, Newsies. It's a movie that totally does. And this is one of the reasons why I put it on this list is because it's the same as, like, Orange County is this way, too. And there's probably another one or two on this list where I saw Newsies. I saw Newsies in the theater, and then it completely disappeared because it tanked hard. Like, it was a ma- This was, like, the dark period for for Disney and it, it did horrible at the box office. It was horribly received. Like I'm probably one of 10 people that saw this movie in a theater. And so it just completely disappeared. And I'm out here being like, man, I really liked that weird kids musical. I don't know what that was about, but I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought that I was the only person. And then somewhere along the line, you know, it gets brought up somewhere and everybody that I know is suddenly like, oh yeah, I really, I loved Newsies when I was a kid, or I really like Newsies, or I'm really into Newsies. And then the Broadway show happens, and it's just such a weird, it's similar to Orange County in that, of like, I really thought I was the only person in the world who cared about Orange County, and now I know that everybody except for Richard cares about Orange County, which is weird. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the only one ever. No. I, I, yeah. I'll comment on it. <laughs> um okay, is my number two now? You. Okay, this is a hundred this is a hundred percent guilty pleasure. But uh I don't know if the consensus was bad. You know, I know it wasn't bad at the time, but it's one that has become a meme over the years and hasn't aged particularly well and the actors look back and they're cringing on it, you know? Um uh, my number two guilty pleasure, Titanic. Wow. We're going to do an episode on it. Never seen it. Richard's never seen it, but Boom. I totally respect it for what it is and the, the the scale of the film, the you know, the epic nature of it, the ambition of it. Um I don't really care for the love story aspect of it, but all of the historical stuff of it I really really like and it's such an interesting story and I think it does it does a good job of kind of juxtaposing the current day with flashing back and things like that. And, um, I mean, it's a movie, you know, it's a freaking movie and that's what I, I respect about it. And it's one that if it comes on, I'll probably sit down and watch it. I don't know. I just, I'm, it's, I'm very guilty about it, but that's just the way it is. Titanic guilty pleasure. And when the, when the boat starts sinking, it's like pretty amazing how it was done in what 97 or something yep um cg is great you don't even notice it at all in in any aspect of it and uh it's one of the tasteful cg kind of movies 
and um, guilty pleasure. I have no idea what y'all think about it, but it's one that I think of when I'm like, people would probably hate me if they knew that I like this movie or they would say that a guy can never can't like Titanic, you know? But again, it's just the whole ambition of the project. And I mean, it won best picture, so I'm not that guilty about it, but um, <laughs> it like it broke every record of all time, but it was, um, it's epic. That's all I got to say. So we'll do a review on it. In our next yeah. batch, well, I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna hold my it. thoughts till then. Yeah, I know Brian. Yeah, it's it. Forrest Gumping on it, but it's okay. Um, it's hey, uh, I like Newsies, bro. So you know what you gonna do? And there's some show. there's some stuff I'll defend about <laughs> Titanic. I will not not lie, and sure. I'm excited I'm excited for Richard to see it. But I I know he probably won't like it just because what it's become in 20 years. You know the kind of stigma it has. But um, yeah, all good. All well, good. Um, what's your number one, Richard? All right, my number one. It's an obvious genre for me. It's an obvious kind of typical ending of things I like. I like romantic comedies. I like big, brash endings that are normally musical. And I like Hugh Grant. <laughs> so this strikes all three. My number one guilty pleasure movie that I've seen Anytime it's on TV at all times, including probably twice in the last year, music and lyrics. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah. Hugh Grant, yeah. Drew Barrymore, uh, Kirsten Johnson, I think, are in her only non third rock from the sun role. Um, <laughs> and uh, that girl now that's in everything, that's like hey, Jennifer hey, Lawrence White. Yeah, hey, she's hot. She's yeah. in it. Um, she's not hot in it, though, because I think she's like 16, but she became hot later on, which is good for her. Um, and uh, great, great. Uh, it's got the same song uh, writer as all the songs from that thing you do, uh, except for Tom Hanks, the one he wrote, but uh, who's the guy from Fountains of Wayne. Uh, and uh, so the songs are really fun and 80s and silly and uh, Hugh Grant's curmudgeonly, which I'm, I'm always a sucker for. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I love music and lyrics. I don't even care. Love it. Strong. That's a strong, that's a strong guilty pleasure. Yeah. It's not even a good Hugh Grant movie, but it's, 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 that's what makes it guilty. Oh, wow. That's just a random movie. I'm not going to lie. That is music and lyrics is random, but good. It was funny because Sarah had never seen it like six months ago and it was, it was on HBO now. And I was like, you're going to love this. It's awesome. She loves romantic comedies. I'm like, this is a great one. We sat down, we watched it. I was just like in heaven the whole time. And it ends, and I was like, what'd you think? She's like, I mean, it was. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, my world Come was kind of rocked. Olive, we're leaving. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was, like, really rocked. I was like, you don't... And then I was like, oh, that's right, it's bad. That's right. You're allowed to not like it. It's not very good, but I love it. Remember that movie with... Gwyneth Paltrow and Huey Lewis duets. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of that in a, in a way. Yeah, that was my honorable mention. It was duets. No, <laughs> that would have been great if it was all just the same movie, like clearly the same movie all ten times. Like Richard, I think you just like this plot. Just suck up this trope, man. <laughs> wow, uh, good stuff. Music and lyrics, number one. Wow. Never would have guessed in 10,000 years. I would have guessed because it has you granted it. So you, Yeah, I, mean, I could have guessed all me, these movies. Yeah. yeah. Two right, weeks Brian, notice yeah. or... Yeah, it was going to be one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Brian. Number one for me uh, is a... I've referenced this before, I'm sure, at some point or another, is a movie that uh, 
I go back and forth on whether it's it's a straight guilty pleasure or whether I actually want to defend it as a good action movie. But for the purpose of this list, I'll I'll settle for guilty pleasure. It's a movie that's uh, is sort of the the precursor, or maybe the maybe it's what pushed me to a place where I could appreciate the fast movies as they were oh. sort of making their rounds back into the mainstream and and really rediscovering themselves. Uh, this movie is so much fun and so stupid and so over the top and involves a line in which a character says they are trying to fly a tank and I love that and so number one for me is the A-team with Liam Neeson and Bradley (laughs) Cooper and Charlto Copley not being chappy which I much prefer Mm -hmm. and uh, Jessica Biel who's never been in a good movie. He's in the uh, the deleted scenes. He didn't make the, the official cut which is a real bummer uh, but they had to keep the PG-13 rating. So, right. um, cool. So, yeah, so the A-Team. The A-Team is like, to me, is the ultimate TNT FX type of movie. Where it's like, <laughs> oh, the A-Team's on? Bro, I got to sit here for an hour. At least till we get to the tank scene. I got I to gotta sit here and check this out. I love the A-Team, and I'm super bummed that no one saw it, and so it didn't become a franchise because it totally deserves to be a franchise, and I, I, wish, that that, I wish that I could make that happen for it. Charlotte Copley's busy with chappy related shenanigans, so I'm team chappy. So my number one is chappy. Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) This really is our last episode. It's all been built into that. Gosh, we will never see you at the cinema. No, that's a great choice, Brian. A teams. There's nothing wrong with that. It's two hours of fun. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, they they were really banking on that to be huge, and I don't I know. know why. But it was fun. It was fun. They they executed it correctly. Yeah, just the it actually has a fun there. villain too, which is odd for that kind of movie. Anyway, that's I'm I'm gonna get too far into the defense of why it should be a franchise. But regardless, it became too I, much about like Mr. T and not enough about like in the marketing. It was sure, like, sure, sure. Who's yeah. gonna be Mr. T? Oh, this this guy Rampage. Be Rampage like, was huge at the time, though. No, I know, but it was like that was how they tried to sell it instead of being like, "Hey, Bradley Cooper's in this movie," and so is Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the only movie from that Liam Neeson era that just was like, "Nope, no one cares." Like, oh man. <laughs> the only one that i want yeah i remember being more stoked for rampage than bradley cooper at the time i'm not gonna lie that, what was it 2010 it yeah was he was like the champion or something or two yeah it's 2010 yeah yeah gosh liam neeson's been in a lot of movies since then Goodness <laughs> the, gracious. The, to put it this way i mean he wasn't i don't think he was a champion but it's like if they if like conor mcgregor was in a movie yeah, he was relevant it was like he was like a sure. relevant guy sure in the uh, zeitgeist of fighting at that point in time. And uh, man, that, that you're right. That's, I forgot Bradley Cooper was even in that. I think I always remember Liam Neeson and Cheryl Tocopoli and, and Rampage. I never remember Bradley Cooper, but that, that should have been better. Should I mean, I, it should have been uh more well-received than it was sad, sad, sad. All right. Sad. My number one is Orange County. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, I'm wrong. I'm talking about it. What a great screenplay, man. I think so. like it's go back and watch it and like just listen to the screenplay. Like it's yeah. really, really well written movie. It's weird to me, Richard, that you you dislike this movie so much and love School of Rock so much because it's Mike White and it sounds I like I think both I know, of them dude. sound like Mike White. It's funny to me. This one's just like pretentious and mean. I don't like any character in it. That's my problem with it. Like 
And all the Jack White pieces are like kind of set pieces to me. He doesn't really navigate it well. I don't know. I just it's very disturbing to me. I'll watch it again. I haven't seen it in probably Catherine five years. Catherine O'Hara, so. American Treasure. What am I? I mean, that's what I mean. Colin I was, Hanks I, being I, Tom Hanks Jr. You guys don't John understand. Lithgow. You guys don't understand. I saw this at midnight the day it came out. <laughs> it was everything I loved. I waited for it for months, and I walked out pissed. So like, I get the appeal because I was. This was my number one most excited movie of that year. In a year that also had like Gangs of New York and stuff, <laughs> this is what I was pumped for, and it was like, ugh, I enjoyed not another teen movie more than this. So, uh, so yeah, so trust me, I get it. I just, it's always, it's always been, it's always been weird to me. But, but I'll, I'll give it another shot. I promise. Funny man, every time the like cake shadow stabbing theme comes in at the beginning with the opening credits, I'm like, man, I like this movie. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like it is guilty pleasure, you know. But favorite, uh, favorite scene in the movie is Mike White listing off the works of Shakespeare. I, uh, that always yeah. kills. That's the one where he talks about <laughs> uh, the great, the great novelist Ethan Hawke. Right? Isn't that line in that movie? I don't think maybe, so. I don't think so. There's a maybe. There's a movie where they. I don't know what it is, but there's some sort of high school movie from that era where the teacher refers to Ethan Hawke as like the great American novelist, which is really okay. funny. <laughs> Could be. Um, uh, that's a good one. And uh, Jake Kasdan directed it, and he's got that new Jumanji movie coming out uh, later this year. And so Can't he wait. hasn't had a good career since then. He did Sex Tape, Bad Teacher, Bad Teacher 2. He did The <laughs> Grinder. A little bit oh, on Fox. Yeah. That was okay. R. 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 He just he did new new girl. Uh oh, he did walk hard. I love walk hard is guilty pleasure all the way. I think it. I think it's actually more well received <laughs> than I give it credit for. One, I think it won a Golden Globe. Yeah, it won a Golden Globe. Walk hard is hilarious. If you had not seen that, you need to watch it. I haven't seen that since it first came out and i didn't like it the first time and dude you gotta revisit you have to revisit it i'm not playing you have to written by judd become so much more of a music guy you'll get yeah, yeah it's like so comedies, satirical especially from that era of comedies it's like if it didn't i don't know there was a lot of comedies in that era that didn't hit me the first time and i'm just like eh, and then have gone back to it afterwards i was like oh actually this is really funny was going through a divorce that year. Nothing was fun that year. So that's you know, it is what it is. The the picture on Rotten Tomatoes has Jack give out the has email. Jack White in it. I forgot about that. So yeah, I'm going back to this. Man, I need to get an Orange County poster, like frame it in my house. I'm not even <laughs> kidding. Like it's it's you want to hear something funny? It. I had an Orange County poster in my room before the movie came out, and it did not stay up long. <laughs> you had it before it came out. Yeah, Weird. ordered it. Stoked, man. He was, was fired up. It's going to be the movie of my generation. It was not. And it is. Gosh, was everyone like Colin Hanks is going to be the biggest deal ever, you know? You know, honestly, and, and I think I pretended I liked it, too, for about two weeks after, because I couldn't let myself know that it was that bad. <laughs> I think that's actually more true. Been I don't there, think I man. walked out Been mad. There. I think I just was in denial, and then it was like, uh, and I think I even bought the DVD to give it another watch and, like, tried it. It was just, like, halfway through, like, oh, no, this just sucks. Okay. <laughs> that and Starsky and Hutch is when I realized that people could be that I liked could be in stuff and it could be terrible. That is such a glass shattering moment. It's the yeah. worst. The uh, John Lithgow stuff is great, and mm-hmm. and the yeah. Leslie Mann stuff is good. Uh, man, I'm just 
Let's, you, Brian, you want to just sit here for the rest of the show and <laughs> we should yeah, do we'll an just episode. go line by line. It's 15 years this year. We should, you and me should do an episode. It'll be fun. Do it. Uh, I'm Sean Brumder. Uh, man, good stuff. All right. Top 10 guilty pleasures. There, there you we go. It. Happy 300, boys. That was Yay. fun. There was very little crossover. Yeah. A lot of randomness and a lot of fun. And this was a fun list to create. Mm-hmm. Totally, and it brought back a lot of good memories. But um, until episode four hundred, where can we find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill twelve. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast dot com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on all social media at Richard Barden or the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on the Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find us online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Subscribe. Send us your guilty pleasure movies. How about that? Comment on our list. Find us on Twitter at madaboutmovies. Yeah, email us. Email us. Let us know what you think. Podcast at gmail.com with your 10 guilty pleasure films. Yeah. And uh, until then, or somebody said 10,000 BC that it was not on the list. And I'm going to punch that person because that is a <laughs> horrifically bad movie. This is a terrible movie. Like yeah. one of the worst of all time. So stop. Just stop. That person's blocked on Twitter. <laughs> all right. Until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Bye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. <laughs> <laughs>